Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, depending on when you're listening to this. Thank you for tuning into another episode of The Secret Life of a Shy Producer. My artist name is Hime, and happy day after VD. Happy discount chocolate day. For those of you who are diabetic, I apologize. Happy I'ma eat some chocolate and take a crap load of insulin day. Yes, um, I do apologize for not actually putting out a podcast episode yesterday. Um, to be quite frank, I wasn't actually at home. And um, I've been running errands all over Toronto for the past couple of days. I've been working a bit earlier as well. So I, I'm not in like, I'm not in my regular mode. Um, so... Basically, what ended up happening was um, my sister wanted me to get some stuff for her and they didn't have it at one place one day and I was kind of pissed off, not at her, but at just the situation because I didn't bring my laptop um, because the the weather in Canada, the weather uh, like in the GTA was pretty horrendous and I didn't want to carry around my laptop. Some people would say that's an excuse, but nah, it's just logical. Like, why am I going to, like, lug around my laptop everywhere I go <laughs> um, and not be able to actually work on anything? It doesn't make sense. So anyway, it's just been a really bad week um, in terms of not being able to produce or do music. And so with yesterday, I had to run some more errands downtown again. And the thing um, that ended up happening, which was actually a good thing, is... On my way to like the train station, I did come up with the idea for this episode. Um, so I'll get into that soon. In fact, I'll just put um, in the notes, like, please skip to point A if you want to just skip all of this extra crap. So, um, yeah, it, but it, if we want to talk about music... Um, in general, what I've been up to. Like I said, I haven't really done any production. The last time I did production was on Sunday afternoon where I wanted to kind of create something within half an hour. Yeah, not the biggest success there, but um, it made me actually kind of get a different perspective on the Fact Magazine's like 10-minute production thing where they get producers and... I guess, electronic artists mainly, to try to come up with like something in 10 minutes. And usually they have a lot of dislikes. And I, before they got rid of the comments, I used to read a lot of the comments like, oh, I could have done better in 10 minutes. No, you probably couldn't have. <laughs> like, let me be, let's be honest. We're talking about like, if we're talking about successful producers making money in the field and most of them couldn't come up with um, like a decent idea in 10 minutes, why would you think you could? If you could, please put it up online, right? And let's put a hashtag, you know, better than fact, facts or facts, you know, something. But anyway, that's me being a little crazy there. Um, but overall, I haven't done any music since um, Sunday afternoon. And it's been really bugging me because I want to, I want to do something. But it's just been a weird week. Um, anywho, um, I actually, 
yesterday when I was on the train on my way to Toronto, I wrote three pages worth of notes for this episode um, and where I'm going to just be talking about the process of growth. But um, so initially this was going to be a very scripted episode. However, I actually didn't finish the script. This would have been like six pages long and I'd just be reading it like pretty robotically, probably stumbling over my words like, what did I say there? But anyway, um, so um, that's pretty much it. I'm going to kind of start now, like the main part of the podcast here. So disclaimer. Okay, disclaimer to you guys, if you saw the title of this episode, it's about growth and the process of growth, in my opinion, based on my own um, experiences, right? I can only speak for my experiences. And if you can resonate with it and with all of my um, experiences and what I'm saying, then yay. Also, I am no inspirational guru. I am no guru whatsoever. So... I'm just going to say it. We have more than enough of them coming up in music these days. Um, You know, the whole giving us all these pep talks. And I mean, for the most part, we have freaking millionaires and billionaires, um, you know, telling us you can do it if you believe. So we have them in the field now, right? It's no longer just the random spiritual type of people. Like everybody's trying to get into this, you know, give inspiration on how to grow and how what I did to grow. And that's cool. They're doing that and they're doing it well. That's not really my intention here. Um, I'm just giving you my perspective of, for me, um, the process of growth. And I guess the... I just dropped my la- um, my um, cell phone as I was turning the page. Well, that was a fail. <laughs> but anyway, um, so again, you know, I'm no inspirational guru... I'm going to, I don't really have inspirational-esque music, so it's, you know, it's not going to be, it's not one of those. So anyway, all I want to do is kind of give like a bit of my premise um, about personal growth. And this can be actually, I think, applied to almost anything that you do. In this case, I'm going to, of course, try to relate it mainly to music. Okay, so this is actually what I wrote. The process of growth in, well, no matter what you're doing, it it basically requires sucking. Well, okay. So it requires you to not be all that good. (laughs) Okay. Sucking is probably the wrong word, but yeah. And giving up and then starting all over again. It requires some ego and having some self-awareness. It requires insecurity and enjoyment. It is contradictory, but it requires you to do things in new ways. And it also requires you to have the ability to measure measure progress without having to go into the toxic levels of comparison and despair that you'd end up getting into. But overall, to me, the process of growth is a cluster F of all the things that I had said before. It's all kind of contradictory. But life can sometimes be a contradiction. Also, I should have mentioned I'm not a philosopher. I know a philosopher, but I'm not a philosopher. So anyway, initially I was going to talk about my experiences in piano, but I think that would be, one, a very boring episode, 
and to something that Dr. Phil would be able to actually like work with with me. So it's a little different. So I'm going to just talk about my production story and note. I am still working on it. So, hey. Um, and I hope that all the things that I had said before, it, it will make sense. So, um, when I started producing, uh, with Studio, well, technically I started producing before Studio One. I took a course in university, but I wasn't, I didn't care about it. Um, I was too busy trying to graduate, um, in a more feasible field like political science instead of music. So I actually didn't pay attention to how to produce well. My first real um, experiences with music production was actually on Logic, um, using Logic. And then I tried using Audacity, which was audacious. It was horrendous. And I also did um, download Studio One free, but I didn't know how to use it. So I just deleted it. But when I actually started really trying to produce with Studio One, I did think I was dope. I thought I was dope. I thought I was creative. I thought I was a fridge and genius. I was like, oh my God, I'm like the next Kanye West. And I would show my stuff to like family and they would have literally no words. And, but here's the thing. I thought I was amazing. I thought they just didn't get it. And I thought I'd be like the next big thing. Well, kind of, because I was still kind of more focused on school, but I was like, hey, it's like, if the school thing doesn't work out, I can probably go into production as a, like, for fun or something. I didn't think about the money in it at the time. I was just, like, you know, on my high horse, like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Anyway, and, but, and then what I realized was melodically I did have something there because I do play instruments and, you know, I like different chord progressions, all of that good stuff. But uh my production was absolute. And I realized that when I actually joined a production club that um, my university had and I listened to my contemporaries, well, my um, like other club members work. And I was like, oh, my God, their stuff is amazing. I can't play my stuff in front of them. This is disgusting. I'm not going to be that girl where it's like, oh, how cute. She wants to learn how to produce. She should probably just fudge a producer instead. Yeah, I didn't want that type of thing. So I didn't show anybody my work. I was like, oh, God, I suck. So I ended up kind of giving up at that moment for a bit. Um, and I had to, like, heal my my ego for a bit um, and let it let it get back to a healthy state because I was in a state of despair. I was like, oh, my God, I absolutely suck and I don't know what to do about it. Right. And here's the thing. I was. I, even though I was, I was limited to not getting, I wasn't able to get other sounds outside of Studio One at the time because I had Studio One, um, artist. So it was, it was at the time really hard to maybe sample. Not that I even knew how to sample, but, um, yeah, like for me, it, it was really tough. And that helped though, because I got the awareness to the fact that okay my stuff is too quiet it's really muddy it just sounds horrible and especially when I mix it down it sounded kind of good in studio one in the DAW but then once I mixed it down it was absolute crap so I did give up but I didn't then I jumped back in and for a while I tried to change up my process a bit so at first I didn't put like an EQ or compression or even flange or anything on any of like the tracks so what I decided to do was 
go with all of the presets for EQ. And I put them on different things. And I thought, oh, my God, this makes it sound so much different. It sounds so good. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know really what EQ was, even though I learned it, like, you know, the year before. I didn't care. I I actually took no notes in the music production class. My idea was just to just to pass, just get the dang credit. Because, again, I was focused more on trying to graduate. than to actually care about music. I didn't think music was feasible whatsoever, especially as a career, right? I, I again, changed my thing. So I used, like, the plugins, and the thing is, it still kind of sounded muddy. It sounded like a cluster F of a bunch of random sounds. It was very strange. My music was very, very strange back then. If you think my music's strange now, it was stranger back then, Um, because I think I was coming at it from a very, like, bs intellectual standpoint like from that standpoint um so it was just more noise than actual something that anybody can actually stand behind but anyway um because i didn't know how to use the tools that were given to me from studio one i just put plugins into different tracks and i thought it sounded better than what i had before but the thing was my stuff was still muddy my stuff was still like very low quality, very quiet, and I didn't understand it still. Right? I and um, yeah, I learned afterwards that presets not always a good thing. So the next thing I did was try to figure out how to use EQ. And again, I thought it would be easy. I actually didn't read through people's tutorials. Or read through people's notes on it. I just kind of thought, oh, okay, like I can tweak it up and down. So instead of even like cutting a lot of low end, what I used to do was just boost the highs. And again, I was still getting like pretty much the same type of results, but I was doing different things. I, but again, I and, and I think it's going back to what I was saying before. Um, I had a lot of ego thinking that I was awesome, but then I get, I got a awareness that I freaking sucked. I was insecure about showing my stuff to other people because I knew that it wasn't that great. But ironically, as I was going through each iteration of what I was like learning how to kind of do production a little bit better, I actually did enjoy the process. Right. And I think that is kind of healthy, even if, you know, you kind of suck at time at first. It, it enjoyment is something that you have, you should have, um, like going into most of the stuff. Right. But I was, you know, just trying to figure it out like that. And then there was a moment where I was on Indaba Music under a different artist name that I haven't touched in like a while now. Um, but they had a remix contest. And I, um, while I was in Studio One, I came up with like the whole thing. And it was trying to, I was trying to go for like a fifth, well, I was going to say 50 Shades of Grey, um, Crazy in Love cover. Except I was trying to um, use only the tools for the most part that, like, just rearranging samples and stuff. And I showed my my mom at the time and had her listen, and she actually liked it. So I was like, well, yeah, like, my production, like, my ability to arrange was, like, kind of decent at the time. But what messed me up then was compression. So when I um, initially asked... Google the question as to why my tracks were so low 
the one of the first answers I got from some website was you're not using compression on the master. What I ended up doing was just putting compressor a compressor on there and going for the loudest like sounds ever, which actually of course squashed all dynamics and it sounded horrendous. But at the time I thought, oh, okay, it's it's loud. It's, this is what people want. So then I showed my mom that one. She's like, oh, God, this is horrible. And I was like, oh, this is what people want. And I put it on the website and I was like, and somebody put, yikes. And I was like, oh, God, right? Like I didn't, it didn't register that it was actually that bad until after. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like compressing isn't the only thing that you can do to make something sound good. Right. So um, and I, and again, I didn't have a full awareness. I was just looking for the easy answers. I was looking for the quick answers like boost this freak in EQ, put compressor on like one extra thing. But I didn't know what how those things actually worked. To be honest, I barely know how compression still works. No, I do. But um, but a- after that experience, I stopped using compressors and I just used a preset for the limiter so at the very least it would be slightly louder but it wouldn't um kill all the dynamics in my tracks so but a lot of like i'm saying a lot of like my process happened to be the fact that i get pissed off at myself for sucking so then i'd give up a bit um and then i try to figure out why my stuff was bad and then i'd look for a quick answer and i just implement that answer and it didn't make it any better in fact it would make it worse I think what changed my mind about it all was um about like the process and how I ended up getting better was like um I was working like a full like 9 to like it was almost like a 10 hour like job for a couple of months and when I got home I would like try to do actual reading on how to use EQ and I started trying to cut some of the lows and I wasn't going I wasn't cutting well enough still, but I was at least cutting some parts of it. And I ended up getting like an email from, I think, Indaba at the time. And they're like, hey, we want to put your this specific song um, into their catalog. And I was like, OK, so my music's actually getting better. Right. So then I, um, I started doing more research into how to make it sound slightly cleaner, how to make it more um, tailored to TV or get it licensed and and everything and I learned okay like you know cut as much of the low end as possible I wrote like on my wall right now I have notes on things that I I should do in order to make my songs sound clear I don't use them often but um for I think my first album um, under Hime, um, in particular, I used those notes. And for the most part, I had fairly clean sounds. So, yeah. Um, I'm glad that, like, my stuff doesn't always sound that good. And I'm actually very, very, like, happy that um, I wasn't getting any form of attention um, back when I had just started. I think that, like, I'm, and I'm actually glad that I even had the ego that I had. And, and trust me, I'm a very much insecure human being at times. Like, with, and I, I don't like to always be um, seen sometimes because I'm afraid that if I do something wrong and then I'm like chastised for it, like, I would never want to like come out of like my hole ever again. So, and I'm also like, I was also scared initially to put up any of my work, even though it's like, um, 
at the beginning and stuff. But I don't, what am I trying to say? Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. That was a random tangent. It's like, where is she going with this? No, um, honestly, the process of growth, it really does, like, take, have, like, it takes some ego. It takes, um, some, I was going to say narcissism, but it's not narcissism. It's just, you know, when you think about the importance of putting your stuff out there, like, you have to, like, even when your stuff really sucks, I think that's why I say it a lot. Like even when you, even when you think your stuff really sucks, it's good to develop a practice of putting your work out there, out into the world, whether anybody, whether anybody's going to listen to it or not, just for confidence, just for that confidence build, um, just so that when you do get better, there will be a lot, like a legit track to say, oh God, you started there and now you're here. Like, and it, it helps other people say, huh, it's really possible to, you know, grow over time or to change your sound and it's really good so um but as i said from the get-go like my main premise is that the process of growth is a cluster f of contradictions um you know you have to kind of realize that you do suck at some things and you have to be willing to change those things or find out what's wrong and how to change those things. And I am, like I said, I am still working on it because there was one track I had put out and when I heard it on, um, like my monitor, not my monitors, but like on my, um, laptop speakers, I was so disgusted at how it sounded. I was actually like, oh, great. I suck. And I'm like, okay, how do I try to fix that for next time? So I, I still do it a lot. And, um, but yeah, that's my episode for today. I hope you guys enjoyed my cluster F of talking. <laughs> and until next week, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Hope you have a great next week. Um, and a great rest of this week too. And yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting your stuff out there. Um, even if you're scared, even if you think you suck, even if somebody else said you suck, like who gives a damn, right? Just, just put your stuff out there. Um, if you compare, here's the thing I think I'm, I didn't mention, but if you do compare with other people, like sometimes you'll find yourself bitter and like pissed off and not really inspired. But if you can listen to other people's stuff objectively to figure out what they're probably doing right, you can always just implement that into, like, your musical flow. And I'm not talking about taking people's ideas per se so much as I'm talking about learning how to mix well. So, yeah, that that's my thing for this week. Um, later!